0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network.
1: News, views, security stories, technology, and all sorts of other related chit chat that catches our attention. Welcome to the Essential App Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. And this week I am joined by the excellent Bart Bouchotz of the Let's Talk Podcasts. To do what we usually do, which is Natter about what stories we found and probably go off piste and talk about something completely irrelevant, but there you go.
2: Hello Bart! Hello, hello. It is nice to uh, to be with you in your place rather than mine. Uh, yes. It's nice here. I like it. <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, there we go. So, um, not a lot of stories of any great, uh, import, I don't think, this week, but I'm sure we'll find something to, uh, have a natter about. So, I've got, um, from Tech Radar, we have 10 iPhone hacks you need to know to get the most from your mobile. Um, this is a set of, you know, tips. Uh, how to fix calculator errors. I don't know if you know this, but if you make a, if you mistype a numeral in the calculator, you can simply swipe, uh, from right to left on the display to remove, uh, unwanted numerals. Oh,
2: um,
1: I did a, not know that. That's yeah. actually. Quite I didn't know you
2: could make it scientific. Yeah, I didn't know you could make it scientific by putting it on its side, which is useful. But I didn't know that one. That yeah. Nice.
1: If you mistype a number, you can uh swipe right to left in the display and the numbers will be you know uh deleted. And you can do it more than once. You can just keep going all the way back. It doesn't work if you press yeah. one of the um one of the functions. You can't, you know, if you if you accidentally tap minus when you meant plus, you're buggered. you've bugged. You got to start again. But yeah. It does it does fix um, you know, minor mistypes.
2: Um there's uh, I have another great calculator tip. Install Peakalk.
1: Mm. If you're a serious, a ca- yes, if you're a serious calculator user, you know, install pCalc. I'm not. The basic one does for me, but pCalc is very much the.
2: Uh, I logo. love supporting a developer who's been at it for years, and he does. I use it more actually on the Mac because it can do that floaty thing. So I can just leave the PCALC floating calculator when I'm doing my accounts. But it's it's a nice app everywhere. I really like the developer. He's a cool guy.
1: Yes, very much so. And um, the guys on, uh, what is it, Connected, I think, often um, when they do their weird, silly quizzes and things, they use PCALC to generate uh, random numbers of various
2: reasons. I, I, and, I have um, a real bonus tip, by the way. I've just, yep. I've just opened up the calculator app. So, you know the way you're saying if you do the minus, you're boogered? Well, you're not, because just click on what you meant, and it changes to the other one. Oh,
1: really? Well, there you go. That's yeah. one I didn't know. There you go. Excellent. It's 11 now. <laughs> Another tip. Yes, 11 tips. Um, so, they've got identified plants, animals, and more, which, of course, uh, is if you've got a photograph in your photo uh, library and you open it, uh, you should look to see if there's an eye with stars around it, which will uh, use basically some sort of machine learning to try and identify what you photographed. Uh, you can drag and drop photos between apps. To be honest, that's I am
2: um, just doing that now. I didn't know you could do that. That's really cool. Now, where the hell do I want to drop this? Uh, sugar?
1: <laughs> <laughs> just drop it back in. The, just drop it back into photos. But yeah, it's um. You can. I find it fiddly. I've never really used it. I find it too fiddly. It's easier to use a share sheet, but um, it does... Uh,
2: yeah, I, I'm a share sheet person myself, to be honest.
1: It does work. You can you can do it. Um, you can turn your um, front camera uh, into mirrored, so that you uh, see yourself as you're used to seeing yourself in the mirror, rather than as everybody else sees you, with a toggle oh. in the settings... Um, which does have its it does have its uses because if you're um, using the front camera camera device time or something sometimes you you know you go left and the picture goes right and it's like oh, what oh, I'm not. Used oh yeah, to
2: try pointing at something. It it doesn't go good.
1: <laughs> no. So you can actually turn the uh, mirror the camera to, uh, make it easier to, uh, use if you're, you know, you're like me, spatially challenged when watching yourself in what you feel to be reverse. Um also uh, if you're trying to look for a photo using search you can type in generic terms like dog or beach or food and it will attempt to uh, search for your library again with machine learning to find something that it believes is relevant um, uh, you can get an accurate uh, battery percentage um, by uh, clicking it in battery percentage toggle in settings there's a measurement app Everybody's Forgotten About, apparently is fairly accurate, Uh they've discussed the uh, discoverability, uh, not discoverability, reachability, sorry, reachability, which I turned off a long time ago, I found it very annoying, but um have you ever used the reachability
2: thing, Bart? I did many years ago, but then I didn't. I think it's when they got rid of the home button, I stopped using it, I didn't even know how you'd do it in a, in a modern phone without a home button.
1: Um... It says here, place your finger near the bottom of the screen and swipe down, uh, and that yeah. should, that should, in, uh, if you've got it turned on, by the way. I mean, I turned mine off. Which I, so I
2: don't,
1: yeah. I kept, t- I kept triggering it accidentally and got annoyed with it, so I turned it off. But, um, so that's in Accessibility Touch, uh, don't forget to turn off Do Not Disturb, um, in case you don't know when you, do a do not disturb if you press the three buttons you get the option of like in an hour tomorrow when i leave this location um,
2: i love the one actually uh if, if you have a calendar event on it'll offer you until the end of this event i love that
1: yes so you can um you're in a meeting you can tell it to do not disturb you until the meeting is scheduled to end um I mean these it aren't could
2: be a bonus if the meeting if you're in a place where meetings tend to run long then when the meeting ends people can start phoning you again and you might want that
1: Yeah exactly the meeting is supposed to be over sorry i've got to call this meeting is supposed to be done <laughs> Uh exactly. you can hide photographs in your um in your photo library if you have embarrassing photographs you don't want other people to see none of these are really as secret as they'd like to make out but um, they're kind of forgotten features let's call it that um,
2: well they hidden the hidden photos puts it behind face ID that's actually quite clever
1: mm, you know hide your embarrassing photographs if you you know if you're a collector of embarrassing photographs and don't want people to see them so you know
2: it's a in, it's in a, the in the you know in the age of online medicine you may have quite legitimate reasons to have images that you don't particularly want some random person you know, hey look at these cool photos from the night out, oh yeah no, don't scroll to the left you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly yep, oh yeah, you know, definitely you know, uh, please yeah, show I'd me I'd see
2: someone about that, yeah, yeah. I am <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, please you know, yeah, please show me the picture of the boil on your bottom you know? <laughs> Yeah, we've all got a few of those, I'm sure. So there you go. Normally, I just delete them when I'm done. But uh, that's, you know, you don't want to accidentally leave one there, do
2: you? Um, apparently, well, I mean, you know, there are legitimate reasons if you this is terrible. but You know, if you have a medical condition that's evolving, you your doctor may actually ask you to keep a history and you ND. may not want them just sitting there. So it's actually good to know.
1: You know, there are perfectly good reasons why you may wish to, precisely as you say, you know, oh, look at these cool photographs of our trip out to the zoo. No, don't scroll left, please. <laughs> yeah. You don't wish to see my ingrowing, pustulous tone um, or whatever else. So, you know. I was that's...
2: just going to say, I'm sure we have a long list of perfectly innocent medical conditions that are just our problem and that we <laughs> don't need to share.
1: Precisely. Exactly, bar Exactly. Um, so, uh, according to BGR, um, Apple's password manager is getting a big update in Sonoma. Of course, there's a lot of stories based on what's in the, uh, recent betas. Um.
2: As well, especially have they've gone public.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, password, apps like 1Password, and of course, uh, our friends at Proton have simply, uh, have recently reused, uh, released a new app called Proton Pass, which you can use for free, like uh, all the others um, in the in their suite. You know, mail and uh, VPN and Drive, uh, all you know, end to end encrypted. Um, anyway, as they say here. Uh, the iPhone, iPad, and Mac ecosystem is such an example. Offers Apple offers the built-in iCloud Keychain Manager, which lets you save passwords securely, uh, syncs across devices. Uh, it's not a proper standalone app like One Password or Proton Pass, but it is there and ready to protect you. Um, I'm a big user of the iCloud password, to be honest. Um, and
2: now it's it... very convenient, like especially if you have family members and stuff who are. I guess you don't have Android is still the the limitation, right? Because Windows-y people have had it in Edge, and now, as you're about to tell us, in in the other very popular Windows browser. Yep, it's
1: now uh, coming. Basically, uh, Apple are releasing browser extensions or Chromium-based browsers, which means you will be able to use your iCloud password manager uh, in Chrome, Edge, Brave, and Various other. Uh, browsers, if you are, you know, a fan of one of those rather than Safari. So that's that's nice. Um, I don't know if they're bringing it to Windows. I can't see here. Did they well, it's on
2: Edge already in Windows. Is it?
1: Right. It's already on it Edge is. in Windows. Yes. yes. Ah, excellent. I don't use Windows very much, so I'm not very au okay fait with what's uh, available.
0: I know. I, I
2: don't use it either, but I, I know about it because people often ask the question, yeah, but I, I you know, I have an iPhone and it says all my passwords. But what do I do on my Windows machine? And the answer used to be, uh, you enter them all again, or you buy one password, or one of the many other choices. And now you can just actually just go grab the uh, the Apple Keychain plugin for Edge, which is great. And if they do one for, if they do something to help people out on Android, then they're done.
1: Well, yes, very much so. Um, so there you go. Uh, that is a big, um, you know, a big boost for Apple's iCloud keychain. Um,
2: I, I still don't know why people run Chrome on iOS because it's, or sorry, on, on Mac OS because it's such a resource hog compared to Safari. But Oh, yeah. People love it for reasons I don't grok
1: no nor me but you know i i think one of the reasons uh, or some of the reasons that people like chrome is the much vaster um plugins Selection than uh, as available for Safari, uh, and if you have,
2: and we could joke about, oh yeah, you know, and the much more privacy invading default settings where it just magically follows you around and knows everything. Which I guess yeah. if you're in the Google ecosystem and you're, you know, you, all your email is in Gmail and all your contact and everything, I guess it, there is value in having your browser know everything too.
1: Yes, yeah, I, I think if you're if you're happy to be in the Google ecosphere and let them know whatever you want to let them know then it doesn't matter. If you're like me who doesn't use Google and uh, you know, has steered away from Chrome and all the rest for a long, long time, um, no it's not for me. But um Of course, if it's
2: I'm on your page, yeah.
1: Yeah, but it's now working with all, apparently, all Chromium-based internet browsers. So that includes Edge, Brave, and probably many, many others. So that's a good thing if you're an Apple user, but you have to use, uh, you know, Windows, or you prefer an alternative browser to Safari. Now, this, this one I found really quite fascinating. Uh, this is from Tech Radar. Apple patent suggests a rollable iPhone could be on the way. Well, we all know those things tend to be a bit OTT, but it's, um, the patent is for a rollable screen, which of course is not particularly new. We've seen rollable screens before. We've seen them at things like CES with the, uh, who was it? Was it LG who had a, We've had
2: them in big televisions where they disappear into the foot of the bed and stuff like that. Yes. Like like the old projector screens in school. Mm.
1: And CES, we've we've seen um, some kind of rollable large displays. Apple have apparently filed patent electronic devices with rollable displays that may be moved between an unrolled state in which the display is planar and a rolled state in which a rollable portion is rolled up for storage. Um well patents a patent, so i'm not sure that, that unfortunately
2: fits. well unfortunately, with Apple, if they make a patent before they 've done a product announcement, it usually means it isn't coming in a product mm. <laughs> they're just protecting their i p but I do think it's a much better approach than a fold because a yes. roll doesn't have the problem of the crease, which is crippling the like. How many generations are we into the various folds from, from Samsung? And they're still oh. brittle as all heck.
1: I, I saw somebody with a foldable phone in the wild the other day. I was in NASDA, wow, no, at the till, and there was a woman behind me who had a, a you know, I don't know what it was, uh, but it was a foldable phone. And she opened it up, which looked quite slick. And then I looked at the screen, and I thought, oh, my God. It looked like the cheapest, nastiest plastic screen you can think of. It was dented and scratched and had a big crease across the middle. And I thought, really? Is it really? Yeah. You know, is it worth that? It was awful. It looked like, um, do you remember when you were a kid? and you know you used to get those things which were basically uh, sort of um, some black wax with some um like tracing paper over the top and you could draw oh, on yeah. it with a stylus the sort of thing you used to get yes. in your christmas stocking and you would draw on it with the with a s- s- stylus and then you would like run the slider or peel it apart to remove the image uh, yeah it uh, was oh. <laughs>
2: yeah they very soon became horribly scratched because you were a bit too aggressive with the stylus
1: yeah and dented and you know yeah yeah that's exactly what it looked like that was i was like really you paid two thousand quid for that no
2: (laughs) you can't have a glass foldable screen (laughs) because glass doesn't do that
1: not at the moment. I've seen things that Apple are working on, bendy glass and all the rest. But until somebody comes up with something that's really but,
2: bendy, like a, bendy. But a fold is so hard to do, right? Because a fold means it has to be really, 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 really bendy. Whereas a roll, that you know, the difference between a fold and a roll, even a tight roll is, is huge in oh, terms yeah. of the stress it puts on the material. So if you could even imagine something the thickness of a current iPhone that you could if, if it rolled into that thinness and you can then stretch the bottom of the device down to stretch the screen, exactly. that could be very powerful.
1: That could be very powerful. I can't remember what it was, but there was a film or a sci-fi show I used to watch, and in it they had phones or tablets, I can't remember exactly, which were like two metal sticks, and when they wanted to use them, they pulled them apart. And they had, uh, yeah, and they would stretch them apart to show as much screen as they wanted and then snap them back together. So, I mean, that's, it's very much along that kind of lines. It, and as you say, I can see that being far, far more, um, viable than trying to fold a screen in half because you're talking about folding something over on itself. And it's just, I mean, the other thing I saw talking about foldables was the latest, um, oh what was it the lotus crop of foldables basically there were a load of reviewers who'd got review units and i can't remember if it was the samsung or one of the others but anyway <laughs> many of them were complaining that within 48 hours the damn thing was seriously yeah, crocked with you know I
2: i read that too and i i just thought to myself this isn't first generation stuff we sort of kind of forgave them for the first generation being brittle and flaky and unimpressive, but that's at least three years ago. I think it's possibly
1: four to five years now. I don't follow it that uh, closely, but no. You know, when you're sending out review units and the reviewers are saying, yeah, oh, after 12 hours it broke, that's... That's not really sending a good uh, a good message, is it, for something that you're paying, you know, a serious premium price for.
2: And you take your phone in and out of your pocket all the time. So whatever you do, it has to be very robust.
1: Indeed, doesn't it? You know, we all think that the uh, glass screens are relatively fragile, but actually they're surprisingly tough in reality. They, um,
2: they really are these days. I I reminded myself of that yesterday evening. Um <laughs> I managed to fumble my phone... Onto the tile floor, straight on a corner, and it was like I, I fell from high, and it was a, a it just bounced a few times, and it was fine. And I remember in the early days of the iPhone, if it hit a corner, you were doomed. Oh, you were dumb. Oh, yes, definitely. But not, you know, the the iPhone fourteen, it just it just bounces. And the 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 weird thing actually is, oh no, there's a very tiny scuff. Um, and just, I, I did really hit it right, exactly on the corner. There's a very, very tiny scuff on the edge of the the steel band, but yeah, they really have gotten very robust despite having the glass screen front and back.
1: They are, you know, definitely a and lot. They don't scratch,
2: right? No. Our, our older iPhones could scratch a bit, but there's these just stay perfect. Because I'm very hard on my phones, and I don't use cases. And you know, mine's a year old now, and it's perfect.
1: I use a, I tend to use one of those sort of very thin TPU clear cases just for a little bit of uh coverage but i don't i don't cover the screen and i've only managed in i've had iphones since the original and i've only managed to break one screen and that was when i,
2: uh, I, I i've doubled you there but yeah
1: yeah <laughs> i got out
2: Well, of it's the always car. the corner right and yep yeah mine fell just from the car seat to the ground which is not far like the car seat to the ground on a ford fiesta is not far
1: no it's not but it, it just hit
2: It just hit the corner and I got a perfect little palm tree growing out of that corner.
1: Yep. Oh, And when it happens or, you know, happened in the past, there would be a certain, when it dropped, there would be a certain noise that it made, which was much duller than a normal, like, drop and bounce. And you'd think, oh, no, that's gone.
2: (laughs) It's it's funny you said the word dull because that is exactly (laughs) what was in my mind. A deadly dull sound that told you, oh, no. Yep.
1: No, there we go. So, um, so rollable displays not new, but Apple have done a patent for one, which means nothing very much, but uh, could mean eventually Apple are thinking of I don't know, an an, an expandable iPad might be a possibility. You no, know?
2: that would be actually a better form factor even still. If you could imagine something the size of an iPad Mini that you could stretch out to become you know twice that size, that would be spectacularly useful.
1: Exactly. So, you know, um, who knows where we're going in the future? Um, Apple have, of course, released the public betas for everything in sight. Um, And Tom's guide say, here are the five features you should try out on uh, Sonoma public beta. Uh, At the moment, I'm steering clear of all the public betas. Normally, I jump in, but uh, Twitter is a a wash with people complaining that the public beta has got several serious bugs in it. So I'm going to leave it a little Yeah, It's
2: only only July. It's only July and they're not coming out until the fall. So, you know, and of course, never, ever, ever run a beta on a machine that you require to get your work done.
1: No, do not do that. Do not do that. I have, you know, many times gone out on a limb and put uh, betas on my kit. But this year, um, I'm a little bit more wary because what I've seen is particularly on the iPhone or the iPad, there is a big bug at the moment in the keyboard, which means the keyboard uh, either covers the input box or the input box doesn't display and uh or sometimes doesn't even appear at all the keyboard refuses to appear, so that's a bit of a big problem so i'm steering away from that for now um here we go so what do tom's guide say are the big features in sonoma uh a bevy of video effects meant to enhance video calling experiences uh presenter overlay which looks really really good i have to say they featured that in the wwdc um where you will be able to, you know, appear as a floating head or um, do the kind of uh, TV presenter in front of your own shared screen, so that you can point at things or slides or whatever. That looks like something that's going to be quite big. Um, there's going to be. Very
2: useful among, say.
1: Sorry there. Sorry, but you're breaking up at the minute. Hello. Hello. Hello Bart, I can hear a few squeaks, but I can't actually hear your voice. Hello, hello. Hello, you're back.
2: Okay, that's odd. That implies that audio hijack, it went for a half. Okay, you're 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 getting me straight from the mic instead of through AU dynamics, but I guess that'll do. Might that'll do. do, that'll be fine,
1: yeah. We had the, I had the same thing when I had Carolina Milanese on the other week. We were halfway through and it just, it just kind of dropped out. Thanks for that, Discord. Huh. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Never mind. We'll carry on. Um, so where were we? Uh what else? They've got um apparently animated screen savers. Whoop de doo. Fabulous, I'm sure. Um
2: in enhanced... to Windows three point one, they got like flying toasters with wings. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Well, that was, that was, after dark, that was the Mac, surely. Anyway, there we go. Um, slow motion screensavers featuring real world locations. Probably very much like the ones on Apple TV, I would expect. Um, Which I adore.
2: They oh, are yes. So mesmerizing.
1: They are, aren't they? And I, I, I'm constantly studying them, trying, I mean, some are obviously real world flyovers, but some, like the forests, you're like, is this real or is this some kind of, um, generated image? Hard to tell occasionally, but I'm I sure they've... drones.
2: I thinking I read some of those old drones,
1: yeah. I think they are actually real, but when you see the one where they fly over the valley full of uh, conifer trees, that's like mm. the sort of thing you could see in a video game, you know, but um, I'm pretty sure they are actually real. I mean, obviously the ones where they fly over, um... <coughs> where they fly over... Um...
2: If you tap, the, if you just tap without clicking on the little paddy thing, it'll tell you where they are.
1: Yes, it will. That's yes. If you press the down button or um, somewhere else, you can get it. Will tell you where the uh, where they are. Um, there's some very. Well, they interesting- must be real. Oh yeah, I'm assure- I'm assuming they are all real, but one or two of them look like they could be computer generated. Although I'm sure they're really not. Um, enhanced widgets are moving to the desktop um and a game mode is coming which will of course i think we've mentioned this before and apple mentioned it in WWDC uh where um Sonoma will uh when you launch a game in full screen, it will optimise the game's performance over other background processes. Um which obviously will supposedly help your gaming. Not that the Mac is a top gaming platform, but games are available. Um
2: and I think more will be because Apple are de- now that with the M series machines which are I- serious graphics oomph and the new porting toolkit that apple are making so that developers can easily translate their DirectX 12 into metal i and with steam be, your client being there I, I think we're going to see a lot more gaming and this is just perfect because you really do want your mac to give everything over to the game when you're gaming sort of behave a bit like an iPad, right, where it just whatever you're doing gets everything yes. that you want
1: for a Yes. Yes, very much so. So, um, you know, all your background processes will be uh demoted below um your gaming experience, which is quite a good thing. And apparently, uh Safari is getting uh profiles, which is a bit like focus modes but for Safari. Which I...
2: Well, actually, they're a bit cleverer than that because they're actually, you can think of them as being little islands for your cookies. So if you make a profile for Facebook, then all of its tracking cookies are trapped in that profile and you can browse all the rest of the internet in your other profiles without Facebook knowing what you're doing.
1: Excellent. So no. Um, I, I I'm not a big user of focus modes myself, but I know a lot of people are very No, keen don't think on... of them
2: as focus modes. Think of them as being multiple browsers in a browser. So if you have like a work office three six five and a personal office three six five and you can't log into the two at once well, you can with these profiles. Ah. You make a personal profile and a work profile, and because they have separate cookie islands, you can be logged into two of anything at the same time. Ah,
1: I see. So, you know, might be more useful than I thought. Um, I, so I think
2: you'll find them very useful.
1: They're a bit like, uh, so what you're saying is they're effectively sandboxes. You're sandboxing yes, each individual. Each
2: uh, collection of tabs that you put into the same profile, yeah.
1: Yeah, excellent, so that could be more useful than I figured um, uh, Tap to pay is coming to the iPhone across the UK This is nice uh, The near-field near communication technology uh, will allow you to turn your phone into a payment terminal for transactions
2: um, Yeah, things. if you're someone who, who sells your organic stuff at the market or whatever No more buying that little square contraption You just can use your phone to receive payments. I think that's brilliant.
1: Yes, very much. Uh, so, uh, that's a good thing. Um, now rolling out across the UK. Is it coming to Ireland as well? Do we know?
2: Oh. I unfortunately did not see that mentioned, or I would have called it out. We're always quite slow to get these things.
1: Someday, someday. Not, okay. I don't think we're here
2: yeah. Oh dear, that's a pity.
1: Um, and uh, the cool down. Apple has made a major change to how your iPhone charges itself. And here is how it affects your monthly energy bills. Uh, this is basically that Apple added another switch to, uh, the charging options. Uh, you can turn on already, you can turn on optimized charging where it will, uh, charge your battery to about 80% and then leave it there until, you know, half an hour before you normally get up and attempt to top up the last 20% in the last half an hour before your alarm goes off. Um, There is now uh, in 16.1 update you have an option for uh, apparently clean charging where it will attempt to draw power, charge your battery when you're uh, most likely to be able to have access to clean energy.
2: Unfortunately, that's US only at the moment because it needs to know about the power grid. Yes, unfortunately
1: that is. But no doubt it will be rolling out, I'm sure.
2: Yeah. They basically they need to know if you're in a place where solar features heavily then they wanna they wanna front load your charging to when the sun is up. Whereas if yeah. you're in a place with lots of hydro or whatever, they probably won't they, they won't care as much because the water flows day and night. Uh if you're in a, a place with a lot of wind power, they'll optimize it based on the weather. So they need to know how your lecky how your is made for this to, to do its magic. Indeed. So
1: uh Interesting, as you say, currently US only, unfortunately, but um, nice to see it's Apple doing more of what they say they want to do, you know, keep everything as sustainable as possible. So uh, I, I think that's you know, no doubt dependent on what information um, the power generators are prepared to share with Apple.
2: And so A mechanism, right? There has to be some sort of mechanism for that information to get shared. Yes,
1: but um I
2: you know this did maybe maybe you did it while I was having my audio issues but did you skip over the DaVinci Resolve story? Um...
1: Yes, I did. I did skip over. I was going to go back to that um, because we've got uh, DaVinci Resolve for the iPad review. Not a mere gimmick for video editors. Uh, this is from Creative Block, who I've not heard of before, I'll be honest. Um, obviously, I'm familiar with DaVinci Resolve, the professional uh, video editor, color grader and various other things which you can use for free.
2: Um, A rare example of open source becoming the dominant player in the industry. Very and much so. it, like Because it's not like, uh, like like the GIMP or whatever, where it's like an also-ran for people who don't want to give Adobe money. DaVinci Resolve is the industry standard and it's open source, which which is a rare, wonderful thing. It is indeed. And it, it sort of ties in nicely to this notion of how amazing those M-series CPUs are that Apple make, because that thing is eats up graphics resources. And the iPad just goes, yeah, that's fine. I'll do that for you. No bother.
1: Indeed. And of course... <clears throat> Uh, da Vinci Resolve has been around for a very long time. And as you say, it is very much, you know, if you want to go all the way to the top level, which is several thousands of pounds, but it's used by many, many professional studios um, producing, you know, TV and film uh, products. Um, as it says here, uh, Da Vinci has achieved with Da Vinci Resolve iPad is outstanding I was expecting a seriously stripped down version of DaVinci Resolve on the iPad but I have thoroughly enjoyed an almost replica version using a speed editor and an Apple Pencil is necessary for streamlined editing and colour grading um I found it a bit hard work when my test project became complex with multiple tracks and even though this won't replace my desktop version I can see it being very handy starting an edit on the go Um, it's difficult really to say much else about that. I mean, if you, uh, you know, if you v- do video editing and are interested in such things as color grading, uh, DaVinci Resolve is very much the way to go. And, uh, there you go, they've given it four out of five stars. Um, as it says here, pros, mobile editing, almost an exact replica of the desktop. Not dependent on Apple's latest chips. Cons. A more pro iPad is required, and it's a smaller screen compared to your desktop, which kind of goes without
2: Well, yeah. <laughs> if
1: you're doing it on an iPad, it's not going to be as big as your, you know, as your Mac, is it? But there you go.
2: Um, a bit more portable, though.
1: Yes, definitely. And uh I think it's... uh it says here uh iPad Pro and iPad Air with an M one chip or better, though some users have successfully used it using an A twelve bionic though. Um worth a look if you're interested in such things. It's uh I mean have you ever used it, Bart? Do you do much in that sort of space?
2: No, I I, I stick to images that don't move. Yeah.
1: I don't really do much images apart from sort of Photoshop. Slash Affinity Photo type work, but uh, I did download it at one point and have a play around with it. And um, although it's uh, it's a pretty intimidating app if you're not familiar with uh, you know video editors, but it is very very highly regarded. And uh, I know uh, one of the guys at our uh, Mac user group was a huge user of it, and he had the full blown top of the range uh, you know sub. Cause he's a professional video uh, creator, and uh, he always said that it was the best thing available, and uh, he wouldn't use anything else. So there we yeah, are. I
2: think a lot of the television we all enjoy, at some point in its process, has Da Vinci Resolve under the hood.
1: Yep. So um, there we go. Um, I don't think there's much more to say about that, other than it's now available on the iPad and has got. 4 out of 5 stars which is very good if you're into that sort of thing um, uh, then where are we here we've got uh, Apple opens the public betas <laughs> Which we've already mentioned. Um, if you are brave enough, or have a device that you wish to uh, sacrifice to the gods of Beta, you can now do so on the public Beta. Um, and as I said previously,
2: you can do you can do what I do and just enjoy all of the new posts coming out On the various Mac websites as people take screenshots and stuff. And so all the new features are now no longer mystery meat because you know the websites are now full of people telling you exactly how it works. You don't exactly you need to do it yourself.
1: No, you don't have to do it yourself. If you're, you know, if you really want to try it out, you can. As I say, usually I jump in quite quickly, but, uh, this year I'm a little bit more wary. So, um, I might jump into, you know, public beta three or something like that, but at the minute, uh, it seems a little bit too buggy for my liking. Um, I give it a month. Give it a month. It's only July, as you say, and they won't come out till what? End of October, early November, probably.
2: We've got plenty. Whatever of time. Apple's definition of the fall. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Wherever the fall falls, as it were. Um,
2: apparently,
1: uh, this one's a bit concerning. Anger and fear after popular diabetes app breaks. This is from the BBC. Um, people who use a popular app have lost their usual way to check their blood sugar after an update has caused it to stop working on some Apple devices. Um... Apparently this app is called Abbott oh no it's a freestyle Libra. No,
2: Abbott are the pharmaceutical yeah yes. Abbott are a big pharmaceutical company
1: yeah and now i've i 've seen people with these um, if uh, if you haven't seen them or haven't noticed them people have like a about a one inch diameter uh, plastic disc which they stick on the you know they uh, you know they' Top of their arm or somewhere else on their body, and it uh, basically sticks a needle in them and then reads their blood sugar from there. And it normally ties to um, an app on your device, uh, which allows them to, you know, basically monitor their blood sugar proactively rather than having to stab themselves in the finger about 10 times a day to check with a more, you know, the more old fashioned DIP device. Um, but apparently it has stopped working on some Apple devices and has currently been withdrawn from the App Store. And the NHS says there are 200,000 people who use these in the UK. Uh, Apparently, the issue only affects customers in the UK. And it expects that the app will be made available again soon. Um, not sure what's it's, going on there, but it's uh...
2: This it thinks of of Albert doing a terrible job at managing their app and it ju it strikes me that a medical device should need a lot more certification and process behind it. Yes. You know, just this just shouldn't be possible like this is just a sign of a sloppy half-baked app being considered asher that'll be grand only it's a device people rely and like when you're reading the story you have some people say that i still happen to have my old manual testing kit or i would prick myself 10 times a day but i think a lot of people have gotten so used to having the luxury of the app that they just assume it's reliable and it turns out this it just stinks of really crummy software which you often see like i have various medical devices that are cloud connected and they're usually terrible but none of them are devices where my life depends on
1: yeah i mean it's you know what what you i don't know what to say about this other than you know i hope they fix it bloody sharpish because people who use you know the bigger
2: thing is really this app to me the bigger thing is that the nhs's process for validating these things doesn't appear to be good enough
1: that's also quite possible i guess but Something has broken it, and, um, according to this, uh, You know, something has broken it, and something that was working and allowing people to monitor their blood sugar no longer works. And uh, you know, it's not really good enough, is it? And uh, exactly, um, people using the app without issue may continue to use it as normal. The Android version continues to be available for download in the UK, and no others are impacted. So, I have no idea what that's all about. Um, And if you're,
2: there must be some sort of connection back to the NHS or something.
1: Got to be um i don't really know what to say but you know if you're impacted by this i'm sure it's very concerning, because uh, monitoring your blood glucose is important if you have type 1 diabetes. It's literally... Um, well, it's life and
2: death. That's not being about the bush. I'm sorry, no, it's, it's, it's literally... A, a it's a literally a life
1: or Yeah, exactly. It's literally a life or death situation. Um, and I'm pretty sure stabbing yourself with a pin, you know, half a dozen or more times a day is distinctly unpleasant. So, uh, here we go. Not good. Please get it sorted um, not a lot else I'd have to be able to say about that and this uh, moving on to other medical things uh, Apple to focus on airpods features guided by growing hearing aid market which is something um, Nick and I spoke about uh, last time um, oh thank you for that this story is no longer available thank you
2: yeah. well I guess they're not doing it anymore <coughs> <laughs> I happen to know sort of from some first hand experience that people actually find the the integration between Apple's APIs and compliant hearing aids extremely liberating actually. Um, very positive experiences, so I, I think it makes an awful lot of sense for Apple to, to double down on something that, that people finding a genuinely life-improving experience.
1: Indeed. And uh, from what we've got in the uh, preview here, later this year, Apple will introduce new features for AirPods Pro 2 owners. Most of them seem to focus on hearing aid functions. Some of the features aim to prevent hearing loss, while others improve how you interact with people while using your AirPods. Um, and and several people have said that, um, you know, a good pair of AirPods can already uh, serve as a functional hearing aid if your hearing loss is not, you know, overly extensive or severe. Um, and uh, I, strangely, I, when I read this article, apparently in the US, between 1 and 6 and 1 in 8 children between the ages of 12 and 18 in the U.S. have some level of hearing loss. Don't ask me why Mm -hmm. that is. That is quite a
2: lot of people. Um, be down to the fact that we're better at detecting it rather than that it's happening more.
1: Yes, quite likely. But um, there we go. Um, So, uh, unfortunately, this story appears to have disappeared. But, uh, yeah, Nick and I did talk about it uh, last week. And... uh, Basically, Apple are um, par- partially, I believe, powered by uh, changes in the rules which allow the sales of over-the-counter hearing aids. Um Apple will be able to add hearing aid functions to their AirPods without having to get uh, FDA or whatever approval. So, you know, you suffer from minor hearing loss. Um, and let's face it, whilst AirPods aren't the cheapest thing in the world, they're a lot cheaper than um, hearing aids, which can often set you back several thousands of pounds. Yeah. Uh, there we are. Um, 9 to 5 Mac have the story. iPhone battery replacement process won't change any time soon, if ever. Uh, And this is obviously in reference to the uh, EU have uh, pretty much passed... A law, uh, I don't think it's quite been placed into uh, legislation yet, but it will be coming very soon. Um,
2: it, it's will... passed the major hurdles. It's, it's yes. gotten by the bit where it usually gets snagged. Yes. Right the
1: so it, you know, it it will. It's now really a formality to be passed into EU legislation. Um, it will require manufacturers of electronic devices to allow consumers to quote unquote easily carry out a DIY battery replacement. Um
2: and the devil is in the, the details.
1: The details. Exactly. Because um i'm pretty sure apple will argue that you can get a set of tools from apple to do such a thing yourself if you should want to um
2: they're certainly going to argue that and then the question will be whether the commission accept that and none of this comes into play for a couple of years anyway so if apple make their kit nicer like basically if if the next generation of iPhones are easier to repair. They don't have, you know, we're never going back to the days of the old Nokia where you can just clip the battery on and off because yeah. the reason those phones were so bulky was because you could just clip the battery on and off. But I do think that this puts pressure on Apple to be just a little bit cleverer about how they build their phones because there was a lot of reporting on the iPhone 14, the not pro models, I think it was, where they're experimenting with an entire new case design where you can access certain components from the front or from the back instead of having to pull the entire phone apart and take everything out to get out some components. So obviously they're thinking more about repairability.
1: Yes, I think you're right. I think it was the 14 non pro where the back can be removed in order to allow technicians to, you know, do things or other persons.
2: Yeah.
1: Or, you know, end users, if they want to hire the toolkit, um, I think one of the things that it might change is possibly the, you know, it'll stop Apple doing things like gluing things into position. Um,
2: well, yeah, because, because it'll be harder for them to make the tool.
1: Yeah, I mean, I believe some of the uh, Apple devices at one point had their batteries were glued in, and you have to have a thermal tool. To you know, melt the glue in order to extract it, which is uh,
2: kind of a hairdryer glue. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't. And with laws in New York and there's a few other places in the states that already have these laws that give a right to repair, it doesn't mean it has. In the New York laws and stuff, it doesn't say the word easily. Well, it's already making Apple rethink a little bit how they put these things together, so that they can make a toolkit that is arguably easy. And another thing we should probably remember is that this law is a lot bigger than just that part because the law is actually the full life cycle of the battery. So, Apple are going to have to do more auditing on the cobalt and other, you know, conflict minerals that end up in the batteries. And everyone has to do more work on the recycling of the batteries afterwards as well. So, this is actually a full sort of from ground back to ground I guess Um, sort of overhaul of batteries full stop.
1: Yes it is. That is true. There's a lot of stuff in that legislation about uh, how much, you know, is recycled, how much recycled material is put into batteries in the first place, and so on. Which is, you know, actually, on the whole, a good thing. Um, yeah, not... and it
2: covers EVs too. It's not just electronics. So if you think about the world we're heading to, where we're trying to get to, away from internal combustion engines and stuff, if we end up replacing our cars with EVs that have terrible batteries that are co- causing, you know, child labor and stuff in in Africa, uh, that will be bad. And if we're not recycling them, that will be bad because we're getting all these minerals and throwing them away. So to me, the bigger stuff is actually what happens either side of it being in your phone, you know, before it reaches your phone and after your phone, instead of it going into the sock drawer, Mm. Apple will be very incentivized to take it back from you and remove the cobalt and stuff and reuse it in your next iPhone.
1: Definitely. And, you know, these are Although some people seem to consider them, in, you know, an, an annoying interference, I think these are the things that we actually need to be looking at. If We're going to, well, assuming the Earth doesn't heat up and char us all to death, anyway. Um, we need to, we need to be doing these yeah. things definitely, or we will get charred to death, regardless. So, um, you know, yeah. it's all good. It's, it's like the thing about the uh, USB C charging mandate. Now, I can see that being slightly annoying in certain places but oh my
2: that one a problem that isn't real though because that law was so long in the making that when they started it, there were 20 different commonly used phone chargers and now it's just usb-c micro and mini usb and almost everyone settled on usb-c anyway That's it... Lightning.
1: well that is true but that said I have to admit, you know, the number of not major devices that you come across, but, you know, strange little things like electric toothbrushes and, um, I don't know, game controllers. And they still often have weird, you know, chargers or they use USB micro or, you know, please, please just just make everything USB-C and be done with it. And
2: um, that's true. That that, that USB, micro-USB is so annoying because it's both tiny and directional, which is, is a really bad combination. Yeah. <laughs> bloody,
1: yeah, and like, I'm sorry, if you're over 35 and your eyes are not brilliant, it's impossible to tell which way oh. it is. So you try it, then you turn it over, then you try it, then you turn it back the other way and try it again, and eventually you wiggle it in. It's, a, it's nasty. And um, I, have,
2: I have smart, and I, use, I mean, they are mostly smart, but I have smart and slightly inverted commas, bike lights, which do this really cool trick where when you turn on the front light, it turns your backlight on and, and the front light warns you if your backlight's out of batteries and stuff, which is really cool. But they've all settled on those bloody micro USB. so imagine you have a little rubber gasket to make them waterproof that you have to peel back and while not having it flap back down, you're trying to get this directional teeny tiny thing in. Oh, oh I yeah. swear so much of that.
1: And I've, I've still got devices, I swear to God, that have things like weird barrel chargers. They're USB-A on one end, but they have some... You know, three and a half oh, mil don't. or four and a half mil barrel charger to run them. I mean, my wife's got a, a UV light for drying her um, nail polish. And that's got some weird charger, you know. And it's one of those, like, for God's sake, label the charger so you don't lose it. But, oh, but And sound by I,
2: I threw out a box of about 20 of them a while ago when I was cleaning around the house. I was like, I don't know what this charger belongs to. Do you know, love? No. no. In- Bin. What if we find the other thing? It goes in the bin too. <laughs> exactly. I, no.
1: I've I've got well. Well, when I moved house, I chucked away about three like large boxes of undefined charges of one sort or another. And uh, yeah. but you know the other thing is you know like sound bars, and you get the thing, and then somebody takes it down and moves it in the other room and doesn't put the plug with it, and then it's like, well, what, what is this one? Is it four and a half? volts or six volts and where's the plug that drives it you, you hope
2: to you hope to goodness that there isn't something with more voltage with the same shape mm. in your house <laughs> but often
1: there are unfortunately because those yep. made in China wall warts can be anything from like two volts to about ten and you've no idea when you stick it in something hoping it's going to work whether it's going to fry it or not there we are um so, yeah, a, a universal charging standard will be fine by me. And if it means Apple have to give up their lightning charger for a USB-C, I'm okay with that. And I'm pretty sure Apple don't really care that. They've already put USB-C into their laptops and the uh, Pro iPad. So I don't think it's a huge change. For I
2: think it was coming anyway. My My only concern with that law is that it's going to be hard to move on Right now it's in our advantage, but give it 10 years and it may stop us moving on to something better than USB-C. Yes. It may weld us here when we really should be moving on, is my only fear. But I think Qi charging and stuff, the fact that they're saying that wireless charging is not covered, maybe maybe USB-C is the last physical plug we need. Maybe.
1: Maybe. Who knows? Um, And plus, of course, it's only being mandated for charging. It doesn't stop. Uh, Companies moving on to other uh, Ports for I don't know Data transfer or whatever
2: Right good point
1: But um, yes, obviously it would be annoying if you had to have a USB-C port purely for charging when some newer standard come along. But we'll have to see how that goes. I mean, at, at least in the law, they, they have said it's subject to regular review. So in theory, if it wasn't have... in the
2: first draft. No, it wasn't. I know this because I wrote to my MEPs because I'm still a member of the European Union. So I wrote to my MEPs and my MEPs reassured me that they would absolutely be pushing for an amendment and that they would not vote yes if there was no amendment. And I said, well thank you very much
1: thank you very much good for you um, Apple TV plus has landed a record 54 Emmy Award nominations according to iPhone in Canada um, no big surprise there really um, Apple normally but land a huge isn't s- slew don't
0: they
2: yeah but if you look at if you look at the shows that are getting the bulk of the stuff here there's a very strong British accent. To these shows. I mean, I know Ted Lasso is technically American, but it is kind of set in England. <laughs> just a little <laughs> bit. You know, Shrinking, I think, it's, actually, no, maybe Shrinking is the exception there. Bad Sisters, I know, also gets a lot of mentions, which is British Isles. Blackbird is very British as well. I think Shrinking, I guess, is the exception that disproves my rule. But I still think Apple have done a, a lot more stuff in the UK than I thought they would, and it's certainly benefited them to have to have looked outside of America, especially while half of America's on strike.
1: Yes, that is also true. Um, they also, um, of course, I think the EU had a, a part in that as well, because did they not? Yes. Um,
2: yeah, 30% of a streaming company has to be locally, locally made, uh, source, content. Yeah, yeah.
1: so, you know, um, and, you know, not a bad thing, I think, to be honest. Um, also I've noticed if you go to uh, you know other streaming platforms like Netflix you will find a lot of Spanish Polish uh, Norwegian or whatever content um available.
2: Yeah for is- that reason.
1: Yeah, for that reason, exactly. So there we go. Um, Ted Lasso has got 21 nominations. Uh, a Michael J. Fox movie has got seven. Um, I don't If know you how-
2: haven't watched that yet, by the way.
1: Oh, I have. It's, watch it. It's a very, very moving um, documentary. It's
2: so and- creative, right? Because it, it, it's a factual movie about a horrible illness, but it's very, very creatively done. Like Most documentaries are a little on the dry side. This is a really creative and, like I say, moving film. It
1: is. It is very moving. I found it, um, you know, and Michael J. Fox is, you know, very honest and open about the challenges that the disease brought him. And um, there we go. So, yeah, if you, haven't, if you haven't seen it and you have Apple TV+, go watch it. Very good. I also like the way that they um, incorporated lots of stuff out of, um, you know, out of shows and movies that he'd done um rather than yeah. trying to you know, when he's talking about his life, about going in and out of rooms and things, they would take shots from various shows or movies that he'd been in to kind of demonstrate it rather than trying to, uh, you know, reverse-engineer something. I, 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 was, it was very clever. It was a, you know, very well-done documentary. Um, so there we go. Bad Sisters has got four nominations. Blackbird, four. Schmigadoon, three. Um, Problem with Jan, John Stewart. Uh, three shrinking, two five days at Memorial, one Pre- prehistoric planet, one Selena but it Gomez. It only have one. It's got Attenborough in it. I know. How's that only got one? And it's got. It's been nominated for outstanding musical composition, and that's it. Well, the music's fine. It's got dinosaurs
2: in Attenborough.
1: <laughs> exactly. Oh, how has it not got more nominations? That's not good
2: now. And the special effects, like just by pure coincidence, myself and the better half are watching it at the moment, season two. You keep having to tell yourself, everything you're looking at here is fake. Yeah. But, oh, it's amazing. How That's ridiculous. It, need, it should have special, maybe the special effects are so good, people think it's real.
1: I think so. I think they do. I think they really do. There we go. Um, so we have, Uh, so after that, uh, what have we got? Where were we? Uh, Selena Gomez, Me and My Mind. Oh, My Mind and Me, sorry. All Mankind Season 3. Tarpal Karaoke, really. And
2: um, uh, what did For All Mankind get nominated for as a matter of interest? Because I'm very fond of that uh, show as well.
1: Outstanding Emerging Media Program, whatever the hell that means.
2: <laughs> That's for their podcast, isn't it?
1: Probably, probably. Carpool um, Karaoke. Hello tomorrow. For title Do you design, watch that? Uh, I watched some of it. I,
2: I kind of. Oh, wanted... for title design, yeah, okay, I completely see that. That that sort of steampunk only in the fifties look. Oh, I, yes. I call it steam chrome. Yeah. Or chrome punk. It's so cool.
1: It's very cool, isn't it i I never got all the way through it. I keep meaning to go back and watch the rest but um there's so many other good things to watch in no
2: do there? there will be a second season you 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 owe it to yourself to finish out the first season uh just no me. no me. mention
1: yep I, I i i've got it on my list, but there's so much good stuff to watch and only so many well, hours you're in
2: no hurry because season two isn't ready yet, and they're all on strike, so you're in no hurry but just you know, before before season two lands, you over to yourself because yeah. I, I promise it's worth it.
1: And uh, the the other one I like, uh, which I haven't yet made it all the way through though, is um, the Big Door Prize. Have you watched that one?
2: I have not. Um, What's the elevator pitch on that one? Uh,
1: basically, a weird machine appears in a middle America town. Uh, you know, in the sort of uh, fortune telling thing, a bit like in Big, and people put in put their hand on it and it spits out a card that tells them their full potential. Uh, and oh. you know, as you can imagine, chaos ensues as people get told things like royalty or supermodel yeah. or whatever. And it's uh um, Where do you
2: apply to be royalty? <laughs> exactly. Where do I send the form? <laughs>
1: uh and it's uh it's fronted by Chris O'Dowd from the IT crowd. Have you turned it off and on again? Um it's very, very funny. There's a really humorous bit in it where he's eating hot wings because his wife tells him that she likes hot wings. And uh, he's like, uh, I'm sure it can't be that bad. And he starts eating them. And then he's like, "She comes in, and's like, why are you drinking milk shirtless? I was just trying out the hot wings and it got a bit out of hand. <laughs> uh, it's it's funny. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's. Yeah, it's. Milked sort of show that's a little bit out there but it's actually about the like ted lasso it's really about the characters rather than the uh you know rather than what's actually going on it's it's very it's very uh i found it very engaging and i haven't finished the series yet but i'm getting there so there we are um uh apparently uh let's see where are we uh
2: We have another patent, which I'm trying to read the diagram on and not getting very far, but I'm sure it's a fascinating discovery. Um,
1: Apple uh, AirPlay, found in latest version of Tesla
2: iPhone app. Oh, yeah, I've skipped ahead. I apologise. No, that's fine. This actually interests me a lot because... Well, OK, before Elon lost his mind, I wasn't particularly bothered by the fact that Elon is responsible for my car continuing to function. I'm now nervous about the fact that Elon is responsible for my car continuing to function. But setting aside the fact that Elon's gone loopy, <laughs> one of the biggest shortcomings in the Teslas is the lack of CarPlay. Indeed. It's so annoying that I, I, I use Bluetooth for my headphones while cycling and my car. Nothing else in my life is Bluetooth. Everything else in my life is AirPlay because it's a million and one times better. I just want the car to talk to my phone better. So please, 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 please.
1: Exactly. Uh, So as it says here, Apple's CarPlay is probably never going to come to a Tesla EV. But the next best thing looks like it's on the way, which is uh, apparently Elon is uh, prepared to uh, adopt AirPlay which is a lot better than uh, nothing certainly yes. not as good as CarPlay but it's better than the other options um, Apple have apparently expanded their Apple Car test driver team following a reduction earlier in the year um, well no I don't know really well, what to say about that
2: Now that the headset has, has made its debut maybe a little bit more of Apple's attention is going to go on this never ending car project yeah,
1: quite possibly. Uh, what does it say here? Uh, data published by the California DMV, March twenty twenty three, showed that Apple had registered sixty six vehicles and two hundred and one drivers for the testing of autonomous driving features in public streets, highways, and highways. Um, that's
2: not nothing. Like that's a that's a substantial project.
1: It is. And um, if you if you've been you know keep if you keep an eye on this, where people keep either you know going on about the car or dismissing it. Um, if you follow the thing, they regularly have a large number of vehicles and drivers registered. It said it was reported yeah. to have slipped in April to 145 drivers, but uh, is now on the rise as 152 drivers are now assigned to the project. Um, and I suspect that, that, you know, that doesn't really mean very much other than, you know, we don't need to do any more testing right now. We'll, I'm sorry, we'll have to lay off a few drivers. And when we've made another step forward, we will, uh, employ more. But, you know, that, if you keep an eye on what the, California DMV report you know Apple have had a considerable number of vehicles and drivers in you know registered for testing for a very long time so um,
2: years 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 years. yeah Yeah. they're up to something I want to know what (laughs) yeah
1: but, you know, as Tim says, we don't comment on unannounced projects. So there we go. Um, we all know they're doing something. We just don't know what they're doing. Um, and I suspect the patent you're talking about here is the one, again, from Patent the Apple, which Apple has invented a wear-resistant coating for MacBook keys uh, and iPhone patent surfering, surface covering other hardware features.
2: Um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how it works, but maybe there's a reason I can't because I'm not an engineer. Um, but it seems better, I guess. Can, well, you, can you figure out why this is cool?
1: No, I'm, I'm looking at it. It's some... Uh, I mean, in the usual, um, you know, obscure text of such patents, an electronic device may have an input/output device such as a keyboard key or other buttons. Components as cameras and other devices may have trim structures. A housing may be used to form an enclosure. Blah 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 blah. Um, it appears to say they're going to uh, they've patented a wear-resistant coating with polymer layers. A hydrophobic polyurethane may be used and. And Embedded wear resistant particles, so I don't know, just uh, some clever, you know, polyurethane coating by the look of it. Um, a very tough varnish, I suspect.
2: Yeah, it doesn't sound nearly as cool when you put it that way. Apple <laughs> invent good varnish,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, any suitable polymer material may be used in forming the polymer of the polymer layer. Um, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, it's some kind of hard wear resistant. Coating, um, and then there are eight patents covering iPhone 14 Pro hardware, which basically is stuff they've already released, which they have now patented to stop other people copying it. As is, as is fairly usual for such things. We are um, this one caught my eye. Apple Insider say Mac OS saw a dramatic upturn in 2022 worldwide. Um, Mac this has OS has been going on
2: for a while though, right? Because With people buying fewer PCs, because more of us don't need them, the people who do want a real computer really do want a real computer. And the Macs are doing very well in that world.
1: It is. Um, There was a minor decline from June to August in 2022, followed by an upturn from August to October. Yeah, that's when they released new stuff, lads. (sighs) That's why people stop buying it when they know something new is coming. Anyway, yeah. um, other than that, effectively, uh, apparently Apple did not launch new Macs in December, but it did in 2023 um, with the M2 and M2 Max chips. The purchase of these high-performance computers may have increased the adoption of Mac OS as this is exclusive to the Mac. Um, apparently, however, what this adds up to is, according to this... Windows remains a dominant player with 68.15 share, but macOS has secured second position with an adoption rate of 21.38%, which...
2: I remember when Windows was in the high 90s.
1: Exactly. I remember in the dark days of Apple when, you know, Apple's share had fallen to about 5% or so. Of the it went under
2: five. It, it went so, under five just before Steve Jobs came back, and everyone assumed that five was seen as like this terrible thing that if they ever go under five they're doomed and then it dipped under five and everyone thought Apple were gone and then Steve Jobs came back and now we're at twenty what nearing twenty percent or something?
1: Twenty yeah, one. Actually twenty one, yeah. So you no. Know, there you go. Miracles can happen. <laughs>
2: Well, you, and it's not miracles, though, right? If you think about it, I really do think it's the case that a lot of people who used to have a computer because they had no choice are now not buying a computer. No. How many people do you know who just use an iPad, particularly... Like, if, you, if you want to get your grandparents a computing device that they won't swear at and that you won't have to spend all your time fixing, you get them on an iPad and they'll be happier, you'll be happier, and everyone will be happier. So the people who are left want a real computer, and if you want a real computer, the Mac with its M-series processors is the most appealing real computer out there. I,
1: I agree with that. Totally. I really do. Um, I tried to switch my father over to an iPad, but he couldn't get on with it, much to my chagrin, because that means a- whenever disappointment, anything, yeah. anything goes wrong with his laptop, I get a phone call, Simon, this has happened. What shall I do? So, all right, I'll come around and fix it.
2: My mum went to an iPad and I used to always get phone calls saying the computer says, do I want to install an update? Yes or no? It's like, yes, yes. The computer is asking me if I'm sure. Yes. (laughs) Whereas now I just hear, I just, I just see her regularly on video calls, which is fine by me because that was kind of the point, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anyway, uh, a debugged iOS and Mac OS rapid security response patches is now ready for installation. Um, This is because earlier in the week, Apple released one of their rapid security response patches and uh, apparently it knackered Safari. So uh, they had to pull it and uh,
2: now... People are being very unfair on Apple on this one. But I actually think... Apple have been forced to work around shoddy web design. Is actually what happened here. So websites that try to be too clever by half try to interpret these cryptic things called browser uh, browser identity strings. and there, if you've ever looked at, at how your browser identifies itself to a website, it's a giant big string of gobbledygook. And one of the things in there is the version number of your operating system. And the rapid security responses put brackets, a letter brackets, after the version number. And Facebook and other websites lost the ever lost their ever-loving mind when the brackets appeared in the version number. That's an, Apple didn't do anything wrong. It's just that a bunch of websites are really badly coded. And you can't expect the internet to fix itself in a day, so Apple have basically made Safari lie. (laughs) Right? It doesn't honestly tell its version number anymore. Um, What it does is it gives the, without the brackets one, but it updates the build number, so that if you really look carefully, you can tell whether or not people have applied the latest security patches. So to me, the, the story here is Apple bungled a release, and to me it's like, no, there's a bunch of terrible web design out there and a whole bunch of websites were confused by someone slightly changing a version number in an operating system. That That's just bad web design. And the only way Apple could get the security update out quickly was for them to work around the Internet.
1: Fair enough. There you go. So anyway, it was pulled because there were problems with it. Uh, as you say, probably in, you know, I'm sure I... Uh, I will take your word for it, Bart. You know more about these things than I do. But anyway, the rapid security response patches have been re-released um, and should now work flawlessly. So, you know, there and you go. And you
2: should apply them because the, the bug they fixed really does need to be fixed. It's a remote code execution in the web browser. That's yes.
1: Bad. And, of course, the, the, the big thing, um, which, of course, we should mention, is the whole point of the rapid security response patches is if you install one and it breaks stuff, you can remove it. It doesn't it's not like a whole yes. OS update. It it's it like patched on as a secondary blob, as it were, and it can be removed if it causes
2: unexpected
1: issues. So there we go. Um yeah. and I think that's
2: pretty much it. Um And you said there was no news.
1: Yeah, well, there you go. None of them are exactly the biggest stories in the world, are they, Bart? But there's plenty of stories, so there you go. Um,
2: It is summer. That's what happens every summer.
1: Uh We haven't quite reached the silly season yet, but uh, give it a couple of weeks and we will be in silly season where there'll be nothing but nonsense in the news. So there we are. Yeah,
2: I think about two weeks. I, I know from many years of experience with the monthly show that the August show is the one I have terrible trouble every year because no panellists are about, and even if they were, there's no news to talk about with the non-existent panellists.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, imagine how that gets for a weekly show. But there we are. Right. (laughs) So we'll uh, thank you for coming on, Bart, and sharing your experience and knowledge with us. And uh, would you like to tell the listeners where they can find you around the web? Although I'm sure they probably already know.
2: Well, everything I do is linked from BartB.ie, but for you know those of you in podcasting land, let's dash talk.ie will give you a link to my monthly Apple show where my my sort of shtick is that we, we take the 20,000 foot view because we only do it once a month. We, we get to look at the big picture instead of the little picture. I, I think I saw what I was called the inverse Mac OS you Ken. Know, he, mm-hmm. he looks at everything in detail every day, and I come along once a month and, look, and zoom right out and look at the big picture. And then I do a photography show where the format is there is no format. I basically, the only rule is it's the art and craft of photography. We're not a gear show. It, it's a, so, which means it, whether you take pictures with your phone or with the world's most expensive camera, it doesn't matter because it's about the art and the craft, not about your particular choice of tech. And that that's kind of the only rule. Other than that, sometimes I have a guest, sometimes I have a panel, sometimes I have just me. It could be anything, but it'll be photography and it won't be a gear show.
1: Excellent. There we go. And, of course, I think you uh, – are you still on Twitter or have you abandoned Twitter?
2: I, like many people, I still have an account. I still post updates to, you know, when I publish a show and stuff. But my heart is absolutely not in it. Uh, but, yes, I am still on Twitter as Shots, which you can't spell. Um <laughs> Actually, I should update my website to link to my Mastodon, because I actually do uh, use and genuinely enjoy Mastodon. I should do that. That's something else to do with my week off. There
1: we go. All right. Well, uh, I am still on Twitter, and uh, I can be found on Mastodon. Both, uh, I am at Serenac, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Um, all our stuff is, of course, on EssentialApple.com, and... Uh, I think other than saying thank you for listening, I think Bart and I will say goodbye. 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 You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast Bart shots and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that i forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen.
0: Hello and good evening. This is Gaz for the MyMac Podcast. And we know you have your pick of high-quality, downloadable audio content, and we appreciate that you choose ours. Quite right, old Bean. This is Guy, and we're here to say that the My Mac podcast is the right choice to make. Intelligent, cultured, and downloaded by only the finest and most educated people. Indeed. In fact, we restrict our delightful missives to only those best-suited, Guy, I can't go on with this. Who are we kidding? The MyMac podcast is probably one of the most accessible shows there is. Gaz, yeah, we're trying to up our reputation here. Oh, shut it. Listen, folks, tired of tech podcasts that talk over your head and go on too long, taking themselves so seriously you'd think they were the ones making the product? Then you should listen to the MyMac.com podcast at least three good chuckles per segment if my math is right that's about 10 laughs per show right because three times three is ten sometimes i really wonder about you guy no need to wonder where to find the podcast just go to itunes and search for my mac subscribe and jump into the fun you know we're part of the stoplight network and there are a lot of important people there well we did say we hardly know anyone important Though there was that time I was less than 30 feet away from the waz, and I could have sworn he made eye contact. Most likely, he was having stomach cramps. Yeah, that would explain why he was doubled over at the time. The MyMac.com podcast. Enjoyed it over a cuppa. <laughs>
2: For the audio, I don't know what happened there, but hey, uh
1: I don't know. I, I had the same thing with Carolina, and just suddenly, you know, she just dropped off in the middle of the chat. Um,
2: I'm not sure whether I'm cranky at Audio Hijack because I still haven't sure whether Audio Hijack or Discord, or maybe the two of them had a fight. I don't know which of them broke it, but basically, I normally run my mic through Audio Hijack to do some nice um yeah. audio cleanup and then output that into Discord. So now you've had to make do with just my raw mic, which I guess is what everyone else does, but anyway.
1: Well, no, that's that's how I do mine. I run my mic through audio hijack so I can put in a, an EQ and a noise gate and a, you know.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what I have, an AU dynamics block with a bunch of tweaks on it
1: just to, you know, stop the sound of the cars going past being picked up unless a huge lorry comes roaring past or something. But,
2: um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's the same with you, but I had to open my window halfway through because I just couldn't stand the heat. Thankfully, I'm at the back of the house, so I don't think I picked up any any noise.
1: No, no, I didn't. There was a little bit of hiss towards the end, but uh,
2: nothing terrible, so that's fine. Okay, good. All right. Okay, well... I am going to go jump on the bike now, since it is—I <laughs> dread to say this—there's no thunderstorms at the moment, so I'm going to see if I can make it an entire cycle dry. It will be the first time in a week.
1: Yep. Well, and here it's it's warm and muggy, but overcast. Um, yesterday wow. we had the, the yesterday we had the first rainy day
2: in months. I mean, we've had showers. We, we have oh, Jesus. First. We haven't just had showers. We've had like. Would you like a month's worth of rain in two minutes? Oh. Tough. You're getting it anyway. Oh. And th- th- it was one of the days I got caught while I was on foot. And you know the little crowns when heavy rain falls? Yeah. They were coming above my ankle. <laughs>
1: yeah. Definitely. I know the weather. I know the sort of weather where you end up wet from the knee down, not from rain, but from the splashing back up as it hammers yeah. down. Yeah. yeah.
2: And, uh, anyway, anyway, I gave Vortex a Stupid amount of my money over the winter, so I get I get to use it now. It is really good stuff, but crips! It's like three hundred quid for a good waterproof jacket.
1: Oh, I know. It's terrible, isn't it? Terrible.
2: But still, at least they work.
1: Yeah, yeah well, that's true. That's true. At least it works. Uh, no such thing it's as a cheap. Ho- no such thing as a cheap hobby bar. Anything you get into will cost you a lot of money eventually.
2: He says, looking at a, at a Mac Studio <laughs> with an Apple <laughs> Studio display. Yup
1: check check there we go all right mate i'll let you go and uh, enjoy your bike ride
2: thank you very much and enjoy the rest of your sunday i will
1: good do, luck. Mate. all right bye